Hey, I'm Drew, and you're listening to the Citizen Coder Podcast. In this episode, I talk to Eric Van Johnson and John Condon from the PHP Ugly Podcast and PHP Architect. We talk about starting a company, running multiple podcasts, I school them on Elixir, we have a doom and gloom segment, and so much more. Let's dive in. So today I'm here with Eric Van Johnson and John Cogton from PHP Ugly Podcast. Um, you guys also have a conference now, right? I had a conference, yeah. It was you pretty unsuccessful. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. Was PHP it? Tech. <laughs> uh, I wish I could have went. Yeah. Why, yeah, why couldn't was... you? Where were you? Oh, you know, I live in Arkansas. It's like too many miles. I don't have a company... You know, fly Listen, me out. We had people there from Germany. <laughs> Pretty sure your little trip down the road to Arkansas shouldn't have been that hard. Yeah, I know. It's only like a 10 and a half or 12 and a half hour drive, something like that. And what, like an hour flight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, I drive everywhere because planes crash. Uh, so do cars. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, man, how you been? I've been fantastic. It has only been about a year since we last actually had one of these talks. I think so. It's been a year. I was uh, fortunate enough to kick off your podcasting career. Yeah, pretty much. It didn't immediately burn up in flames, which is impressive. No, it hasn't. (laughs) Um, It has kind of drug ass here. Um, I've... I was busy. I did, you know, a boot camp. Oh, I I know what happened. You took the Eric Van Johnson School of Podcasting. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I was the first one. <laughs> I think. I think it was the first one. I was the first one, right, Eric? Yeah. First one. <laughs> yeah, but if you follow his other podcasts, other than PHP Ugly, which is the most steady podcast the others are yeah. like up and down including the other one i'm on php podcast it's like yeah oh. we'll we'll record again in the future i haven't so i've listened to the roundtable one i think it is mm-hmm. but i didn't know that he had yet another podcast on top of that podcast yeah another podcast <laughs> yes how many how many podcasts do you have now eric just just uh, just those three. Um, PHP three. Podcast is the official podcast of our company, PHP Architect, which oh. put on sort of a fantastic conference called PHP Tech. Get plugged in, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had heard that you guys have single-handedly kept PHP alive for the last 15 years. Is that true? Yeah, we, we, we've been giving you a CPR for the last 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> John does the mouth to mouth. He seems to enjoy that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we all have our skills. I was, that was one of the funnier things uh, I, I shared on the PHP Ugly podcast. Was one of the listeners mentioned how for years they had heard how PHP was dying, and they didn't they didn't believe it. They they you know they were they were supporter PHP, and they're like ah those are just haters. And then they said that they noticed that, like, everywhere they turn in PHP, it's either John and I or, or basically John and I, like, everywhere in PHP now. She goes, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that's hilarious. That's how's terrible. uh? So how's Tom? Um, how's Tom been? Because I haven't heard anything from Tom in a while. Oh, Tom's doing good. Tom, Not we actually uh, just to just talked to him uh, last week or earlier this week. I think I yep. forget. Yeah. Okay. So he's uh, doing well. He's probably back on the show in, in no time. He's taking a little bit of a break after. So he he did a lot of traveling. Tom Tom is not. He's somewhat of a gorephobe. I mean, like diagnosed mm. gorephobe. Uh, so being out in public and and moving around a lot's not his favorite thing to do. But he had sure. to do some traveling for work. Then we kind of guilted him into coming to tech, which was <laughs> literally like back to back for him. Yeah, and so. Uh, Kind of burnt him out a little bit, and then he had a bunch of stuff going on at work as well. So he just needed a needed a breather. Sure, sure. I mean, you had to guilt him into going to tech. Like that was kind of a a no brainer. Like I mean, that's how that. we got half the people there. To be honest, <laughs> I, I kind of believe it. Guilt hey, and blackmail. Hey, hey. <laughs> people just kidding. To be there. <laughs> I hope they yeah, wanted to listen, be there anyway. I've been listening to your show, Andrew, and I know you have had quite a few uh, PHP haters on your show. Have I? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always... ones I've listened to. Anytime I make... Anytime I have somebody on that that mentions PHP, I always just try to make sure that you guys know that PHP is dead. Mostly because it's not, but you know, it's it's just kind of like a you know, it's a fun thing to toss in there. Yeah. It's a good time. <laughs> um, speaking of good times, um, I was thinking that in honor of Tom, we could have a doom and gloom segment. What do you think? <laughs> sure, throw it at us. <laughs> what do you got? You got something in mind? Uh, have you guys seen Google Goggles? Google goggles. They're are, not are calling you them goggles. About, I'm just talking about you the know. new Apple ones. Or Apple yeah, one? yeah. Sorry, Google. I'm, <laughs> I meant to say Apple goggles, but it's you know they're pretty much the same thing. Just um, Google Google's were smaller and actually fit on your face, and these look like ski resort going yeah, down the mountainside. I, goggles. I, I, I saw it, and I just I'm I'm baffled. I liked the the couple times I've thrown on a VR headset. But to me, it's like a short time, play a game or something, get out. Everyone is trying to make this like a, you're going to get in here and take calls and it's going to be your, your life. And I'm, well, yes, you can see through these things and see somebody you're sitting next to. I'm not going to sit next to somebody and stay in the VR world. It just seems odd to me. See, it's funny you should say that because that's what kept me away from VR. I, I've done it a couple times. I got the Google, uh, the Google one Card, where you put your cardboard. phone in it. Yeah, the that was fine, um, but uh, immediately, like I have like I don't know security issues, or I'm always worried somebody's out to kill me. And <laughs> like just the idea of being so submerged in into something where you're not in your present environment. I just not something I could get comfortable with. And when I saw all oh, this one, you can, you can actually see through the glasses. I'm like, ah, I mean, I might be willing to give that a try. Yeah. Like I think, I think there's maybe some use case for it. I haven't thought of one yet, but I think there's probably one. Um, I think it's, 
it's well, a it's hella expensive. It's like almost four grand, I think, thirty four hundred or something like that. Thirty five, yeah. So yeah, saw that. and they call it. I think they call it AR, not VR, because um, VR oh, is sort of like this whole virtual reality where AR is kind of like a. I don't know. You uh, aug- you, augmented reality. Augmented, it's, yeah. It, like you still you see still your. See. Yeah, you still see your environment, but you know you also have what phone icons on it i guess um i'm not 100 percent sure where they intend to take this but they, they're trying to they're trying to put like a heads-up display in your environment right and some yeah, of the that's exactly what they're doing yeah. some of the promotional videos i saw were people sitting on the couch watching tv through the things but you're still seeing the rest of your uh your environment and i don't it it just seems odd <laughs> I, I, I keep I going back like, to that word. I feel like it, it was, well, there's two things I think are happening here. Number one, Apple realized, hey, we need to, if we're going to get into this market, we need to get into the market. We're falling further and further behind, not releasing anything. We need to at least get something going and get establish ourselves out in the market. The other side of that coin is I think, I feel like Apple is doing kind of like what the what I feel like the shoe industry did or the the sneaker industry did, which is basically say, listen, we're not worried about giving you value for your equipment. We're pricing the stuff as high as we can get it. We're we're targeting wealthier people, and then if you chumps want to save up your pennies and buy it, you'll be like flexing on your neighborhood. It's like they're not even trying to create a product that is something like your general purchaser could go out and buy. Like I wouldn't buy Mm -hmm. a $3,000 television, much less a $3,000 pair of, of ski goggles. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was kind of my thought. Like I've seen, I've been watching on Twitter. Some of, some of my followers have, um, have kind of been like, oh, this is going to like take off and this is going to be, you know, you're going to see people walking around with this, you know, or, you know, sitting on the bus with their goggles on or driving a car with these things on. And I'm, I hope I not. Mean, right. <laughs> There's your doom and gloom right there. People driving exactly. Through exactly. These things on. Like, I think, well, you know, I if, if there's any sort of wide, adoption of these things that shit's going to get banned in cars real quick oh yeah Um, Yeah. you know i mean mean, that was one of the battles that google had with their i with their glasses it was uh it quickly places quickly started passing laws saying hey these things can't be enabled while you're driving Mm -hmm. you remember the the glasses that kind of did the same thing that it projected a little augmented reality on out for you yeah, and I mean those things were kind of a, ahead of the time. I mean, at least they mm-hmm. looked like glasses. They didn't look like fucking ski mask. Exactly. And, yeah, and but, that didn't but you couldn't get, but you couldn't get immersive with the glasses, right? With with the goggles, when you, they're showing a panoramic picture where it's like mm-hmm. you're in the picture at that point. You, I, I'm assuming at that point you don't have vision of the rest of your environment it's kind of taking over at that point but mm. it, it it just seems like it could be too much like 
Right. Yeah. Um. Definitely. <laughs> definitely too much. Um, yeah. The uh, the whole idea of like you know maybe people driving with them on or uh, I saw some picture that got posted of like a you know a bus full of people like sitting there with their VR glasses on or AR whatever um, headsets on and like I really doubt we're gonna see that kind of um, adoption but. Uh, you know, I don't think Apple. you'll see that 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 much adoption there. I can see it in public transit where you're sitting there by yourself. You're not with other people and you're just you want to tune everybody else out. And have you ever me, taken public trans? I have. And you know how dangerous that shit is. <laughs> well, if I could still see out, <laughs> but, but I can't. I guess. But still, your your vision is going to be a little restricted wearing wearing those I, things. I'm sure. I would assume so. And if, if you buy them, you're going to have to take public transportation because you won't be able to afford a car for a little while. <laughs> right. Yeah. You basically uh, just bought a car um, for your face. <laughs> yeah. um, I was, I was going to say, if you Apple. Seen, do you remember when the pandemic hit and there were advertisements for these like mask helmet things? Like the whole thing was like this big helmet, um, it had like a big clear, um, shield face shield. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, like I could see something like that where you had like complete vision, but I don't know how the ski goggles are just weird. Work. I think anytime I, you, you put a video in front of your eyeballs, it's going to obscure your vision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care how see-through the, the rest of it is. Right, right. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I I think that's just completely nuts. Um, I, I don't see a lot of people walk it, walking around wearing this stuff, but I mean, I mean people I are crazy. What, the, 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 the one use case I think I, I could get behind, in all seriousness, is my work, my work desk. If I could not have anything on my desk and just have a pair of goggles and then have this massive development screen to work on and have the other tools I need to, to get my job done during the day available to me, uh, I, I would, I would be, that would interest me. Like just to be able to get rid of all my monitors, all, all the, all my clocks and everything, just have nothing physically in my office but the, these goggles uh, to get work done. Um, I think that that would sort of appeal to me, especially when I travel, because uh, that's always one of the biggest things is like you travel, you don't have your, or at least me, I don't have my normal work environment for me. I don't have my multiple screens and things like that. Uh, the idea of basically being able to pack up your office when you travel and have everything available to you when you're back at the hotel, you need to get some work done. Eh, I, I think there's could be some argument made, but I'm, I'm a geek. I'm a, I'm a developer. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, you know, yeah, you're not going to build it for people like me. I don't care about watching movies, you know, in the pool where I'm next to Mount Everest or anything like that or anything weird. So yeah, it's still a stupid idea. I like the fact that you think they're waterproof and you can go swimming with them on. <laughs> Wait, they're not waterproof? 
Well, then I'm definitely not buying them. Shit, that kind of ruins the whole thing. I mean, watching a movie while you're swimming in the ocean. (laughs) Hey, I mean, skiing with them on seems like the legit thing to do. (laughs) All right, Sonny. Andrew. Yeah. Tell me a year of podcasting. You've gone through that grind. Oh, yeah. How's it been? Man. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of been a blast. It's been the, the most fun thing that I've done in the last year, really. Um, just, you know, being able to talk to different developers and, um, I kind of wanted to do it as a way to learn stuff and I've learned a ton. So, you know, just, just being able to talk to different people and, um, it, it hasn't materialized into a job, but, We've been doing it for a decade now and it still hasn't for us either. So it hasn't brought any work to you at all. Jeez. Clearly I'm in the It's wrong a good now. way to spend money. I mean, if you really want to get into it, you buy nice mics and atoms nice. and all sorts of weird stuff. I mean, I bought a fifty dollar mic. It's good enough. I got a pair of uh twenty dollar headphones. I mean, I think I'm I think I'm doing all right. Well, you sound way better than we do on ours, and we've got much more expensive mic, so you're doing something right. It's the uh I think it's the he's type of the, mic. He's got the podcaster voice too. You and I, <laughs> we we don't have we don't we have the face for radio, the voice for silent movies. Hey, I, I told you I'd host a podcast for you. <laughs> uh, Which one though? <laughs> you have your pick. What's that? Oh you so, got like... so you got a few to choose from. A half a dozen, I mean. <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um I've definitely learned a bunch. I got to meet a lot of cool cool developers. Um and yeah, I'm just, you know, continuing to talk to people and just have a blast, really. Um how much how man. much editing do you do to your uh content? Very, very little. Um so <laughs> There's this uh, there's this girl on Twitter that um, I asked to come on my show because we interact a, a bit, and uh, she she turned me down. She said that uh, you're like the Joe Rogan of IT, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> because my podcasts are so long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so of course I I adopted that and slapped it on my Twitter profile. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't do a whole lot of editing. Mostly I just took a cue from Eric when he said, you guys don't do much. And, um, I, I usually will do like a recorded introduction. Um, and that's kind of it. Like I might cut here and there if, um, you know, like somebody says something that maybe they were like, oh, um, can you cut that? You know, but that doesn't happen. Very, very seldom happens. Um, it's easier, I think, to to edit it, that kind of stuff out if you're doing a audio versus a video, though. Um, yeah. I, I can't imagine how how that rolls when you guys, if you guys ever have to cut anything. So our our, our live stream, we never we don't touch. We just it is what it is. 
Uh, if mm-hmm. something really bad happens and it just gets pulled and doesn't, mm-hmm. none of it is shown, we don't take the time to pull it down, edit it, and put it back up. And it's only happened once. Okay. Yeah. You like can just turn off the stream, years. I guess, briefly. Yeah. Is that how you would, you would handle it? No, we just took it yeah. down. There's, there's one episode of PHP Oakley that we, we ended up taking taking down. Um, so we took the video it. down and, and never published the audio version of it. Oh, right. gotcha. Nobody died, though, right? Everybody no. was okay. All right. Well, you'll never know. You'll never hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, there is I mean, no I, evidence. I got you guys here. I can just make sure, you know, everybody was okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, nobody cut a hand off on stream or anything. <laughs> nah. So you've, uh, you've been talking to, uh, it, it, seemed, it seemed like every time I listened to the show, you were talking to somebody in the Elixir community. I, I thought maybe you had uh, become an Elixir developer or something. Well, you're not wrong. Um, I went through an Elixir bootcamp. Um, that's actually why my podcast was on, on pause. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dockyard, the company. Uh, I think I've heard of it. No. Okay, so they're 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 kind of like you guys, but in the elixir space. Um, <laughs> they're so, you know they're fairly well known. Overworked, in the elixir space. under successful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I've never looked at their <laughs> never looked at their financials. Um, but you know they've they've um, they've been doing elixir for a good while. Um, they decided to develop a boot camp that would get. Um, basically add more juniors to, to the space because, um, Elixir is very, uh, senior heavy. Um, and so there's, uh, there's very few, I guess, juniors in the space. And the ones that are, are, you know, uh, the job listings tend to be, you know, five years of Elixir, of Elixir knowledge and stuff like that. So, Anyway, so they uh, they developed a boot camp, and um, it's a three-month-long program. Uh, I beta-tested it, so I've actually been doing it for six months instead of three. Um, so I just kind of helped with the curriculum and, you know, went through all that and then went through the, uh, the first iteration of the – or the first cohort of the boot camp. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've been – what I've been doing and why my podcast was on hold for – uh, probably about four ish months, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. It's interesting. Yeah. We've been we've been talking one one aspect of uh, so John and I have been running PHP Architect now for for a few years, a couple of years at least, right? When do we take it over, John? Twenty one. Yeah. October twenty one. Yep. October twenty one. Yeah. Um, and the, one of the aspects of the business that was previously there and had gone away few people have asked about has been training so not exactly a boot camp but Mm -hmm. um, getting training training material out and training courses out and offering training to companies and we'd probably be able to do it again if we didn't have so many podcasts Uh, but podcasts should be like you guys bread and butter. Like you should just make another half a dozen and then get sponsors. And then you guys could quit your jobs and just podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I don't know if you've, sure if you've seen easy. sponsorship money. It's not enough to, <laughs> to make. No, I <laughs> I have no sponsors at all. None, none, zero, zilch, nada. Um, I mean, if you want to buy a new mic every once in a while, get a sponsor. Hey, I would gladly <laughs> take sponsorships for sure. Um, you know, well, you've heard think, the story. Or I assume you've heard the story of our Patreon supporters on PHP Ugly, right? We um, um, know you had them. It started off as a joke where uh, Patreon was just taking off and and I think we, we were joking around how, okay, we're going to start a Patreon page and we appreciate it if you guys buy our beer or something like that or buy us coffee or something. And then mm. pe- people actually started contributing and they were like, we were kind of like, well, crap, what do we do? <laughs> like, oh, nice. What are we supposed to do now? Well, it was... So, it was right around that time when we started that we were talking about just closing up the closing up shop and just, you know, we'd already been doing it for a year. We were kind of dragging and just not, not loving it. And then once we started discord and Patreon, everything changed for us. It became something that we looked forward to doing, interacting with people Uh that in that way on discord made the show so much better. And then having that, the Patreon support just kind of validation that, yeah, you're doing something that people appreciate was huge in our minds. And that just, that's what's fueled us and kept us going doing it. And it's just, yeah, it's, I mean, we it's fun. We've never, we've never really worried about like the analytics of how many people are listening to us, how many YouTube right. subscribers we have, but it definitely felt like for a while, that we were just talking to a void, which we were kind of okay with because the th- you know, three of us are, are good friends and it was our opportunity to get together and kind of just shoot the shit and, you know, talk, talk. And, but when it, when the show started to like, when we started hitting that grind where it's like, okay, we really don't have a lot to talk about. Do we want to get together and do this? That's when it, it, it just felt like it's like why are we doing this like we're just talking to you nobody's listening nobody cares i don't i don't know if we were streaming live at the time or we were we weren't yeah and so it, it was just like why are we doing this and then to to john's point when people started contributing to patreon and kind of giving us the validity of mm. no people are listening we care like it you know we're getting value out of your podcast we appreciate it and then discord forget about it like discord became the fourth get the fourth host on uh php ugly i mean we we leaned on discord hard during the show as far as you know input material uh yeah articles ideas it's fantastic and it's a community now it, it honestly is a community and, and to mm-hmm. john's point i'm in discord all week long and look forward to what people are talking about in there today was all about docker that was fun <laughs> Ooh, docker um no that's cool um that's that's something like i hadn't really considered um mainly because uh, not that you know i couldn't start a patreon which you know maybe i will or maybe i'll do like a what is it ko-fi or coffee one of those things where they oh, yeah you know you can you can, you know, donate a coffee or something. That might be a way to go, maybe. Um, 
but um, yeah, I, I hadn't really hadn't really given much thought to that. I've just been trying to grow my my episode um, count because I think I'm at like maybe eighteen or nineteen, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool, pretty close to twenty. But um, I know you guys are in the what are you up to? Like three, almost three fifty or something. I think we just did three thirty five, right? Three thirty six. Three thirty seven, I thought. Yeah, yeah, so you're you guys have you guys have been cranking. So you do like you do one one a week pretty much? Yep. Every Thursday night. Did you ever do more than one a week or has it always pretty much been the cadence? So we started think, less than once a week. Yeah. And then kind of settled on one a week. Mm. Mm, okay. Yeah. So in, in in the beginning it wasn't uh regimented every Thursday either. Uh, we bounced around different days, kind of whatever worked for us. Mm-hmm. And we kind of settled into Thursdays for a while. And then we did the Harry Mack opening and <laughs> he threw it in there. And he, <laughs> he says we record every Thursday night. So now we're kind of stuck <laughs> on that oh. day. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't want to move because of this song That's now. <laughs> funny. That's how that happened. <laughs> and, and we and we can't have him re-record it because he's, he's got out of that game. He's not doing them anymore. He, oh yeah. Well, I mean, he hasn't got out of the game. He's gone. He's gone big time. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't bother with scrubs mm. like us anymore. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, you, you got it. Well, uh, it, was, it was the best time to get it. Yeah, it was <laughs> just just before he stopped doing them. He was like, oh, "I hit a pinnacle with PHP Ugly. We're uh, close up shop here." <laughs> he actually jumped into one of our YouTube channels as we were recording live one one night at the very end yep. and we're like no it's not and he's like yeah it is really <laughs> was like, that's awesome <laughs> too bad we like good. stopped recording and like it's like trying to get him to come on live but it doesn't really work that way yeah that's crazy so um you guys have been pretty much how long have you been working together since the, the 2012 2012 yeah yeah I moved to California uh, July 1st of 2012. I met Eric less than two weeks later at my first uh, San Diego PHP meetup. Mm. Quickly became great friends. I dragged them to uh, PHP Architect Codeworks at the time, which was their mobile uh, conference or kind of like a mobile regional conference where they would just travel around the country. They did Mm -hmm. one in LA. I was like, Eric, you should go to this with me. Actually, I invited whoever wanted to go, but it was just Eric and I, and we had a great time. Just he and I drove up together and just quickly became great friends. He stepped up to do the um, the meetup with me as a co-organizer. Uh, he was so supportive at that point, and we just, we fell in love. It was a great love story. Bromance <laughs> made in PHP. There you go. <laughs> and, that, that, was, that was back when I liked John. Yeah. It's all changed mm. for sure. And so it, it was really just a couple months later where we formed the Diego dev group and mm-hmm. we haven't looked back. We just have stayed together. John is actually the reason why I became uh, a full-time developer. Like I, I'd been in it for a few years uh, before then. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd worked for a big company for like 10, 12 years in 
I got, I decided to move on from that, and I started working for a smaller company. But I, I was always uh, in, more on the sysops side of it, so I was like this manager of the of the operations group. But I always coded, um, for pretty much my entire life. I always coded, and I I've been using PHP for a long time, and I've been going to the meetups. The first time John met me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was still I was I was working as a manager of a sysops place. But John, you know, would always ask me, like, you know, why, why haven't you, uh, you know, why, why don't you do it full time? And I just didn't think I had the chops for it. Like, you talk about imposter syndrome. Uh, mm. We've talked about a lot. I'm like, there's, I'm like, I, there's no way I, I couldn't do this. So, so uh, we, I quickly realized uh, nobody was going to hire me as a full time developer. And I told John, I'm like, we need to start a company. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, it's just. John just kept encouraging me, encouraging me, and finally um, got a contract. And we just decided it's like, hey, you know, it doesn't make sense for us to have individual contracts, individual you know worlds. It's like let's just bring everything together as a company and see if we can't grow it. And that's what happened. I, I still remember the conversation uh, because it was just John and I, and that's how I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just, just be John and I, we'd just be taking on clients and coding, doing like this cowboy coding. We'd swoop in, do some cowboy coding and swoop out of the company. And Batman I thought that's and how it was going to be. Batman. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like we, we get this, we get a, we get a fairly big opportunity. And I just remember like getting this chill down my back and telling John, I'm like, I think we need to hire somebody. <laughs> so, mm. so I think we need to bring more, you know, we need to bring another person in. And we brought one, you know, a good friend of ours uh, at the time and brought him in and he became, you know, our first official hire of our Diego dev group. And then we kept growing, brought another in and brought another in and brought another in and it got, uh, got crazy for a while. Yeah. In our heyday, we were at what? 12 employees. 12 yeah 12 employees it prior was to nuts. the pandemic mm-hmm. what are you uh what are you guys at now uh eight yeah is it eight yeah eight. Eight. yeah the pandemic sucked sucked for everybody i mean the our clients you know you know our clients cut our contracts obviously because you know their contracts were getting cut mm-hmm. now we were fortunate from the perspective or really John from, you know, John was very forward thinking and had been building up a, a war chest. So when the pandemic initially hit, you know, we were like, well, it's not like this is going to last a couple of years or anything. We'll just have to, we'll have to tough it out for, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two. With a, cl- so, with a client telling us to, to cut everyone's pay in half, make them work the same you. amount, but cut their pay in half. Yeah. And I refuse to do that. Yep. And instead, just drained our bank account. <laughs> we, yeah, we we just took the hit on it, and we just oh, kept geez. paying everybody. And we got lucky because, which I thought was a weird time, but you know, we had a couple of employees decide to move on to other opportunities. Uh, mm-hmm. We weren't we 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 didn't ask anybody to leave. Uh, we we were prepared. We were on to, the verge you know, of having to. Yeah. Mm. And uh, every every time we kind of got to that that threshold, somebody else managed to find another opportunity, and it would buy us a little breathing room for a little longer. And 
Yeah. And, you know, we got through the whole thing, not having to officially lay off anybody. Or I don't know why I said it like that. Not having to lay off anybody. <laughs> but yeah, it was a tough, it was tough uh, for years. And we're just like our clients are the, the, the one big contract I have. Um, yeah, they are just now getting back up to speed to where they were pre, pre pandemic time. So hmm. hopefully that trickles down because we're, we're still kind of running a skeleton crew on that contract and the workload is just growing and growing and growing. Hmm. So, so this is the wrong time for me to ask you for a job, right? <laughs> or, or the right time. We'll see. You got to see if the client uh, comes up with some more cash. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, and again, it, it was just such weird timing how things happen, but like near the tail end of the pandemic, which I mean, we're still technically in it. I, I understand that. But in 2021, we Are had we? the opportunity to, to take over operations for a PHP architect. And, you know, we, we, we had the money in the bank account and it, it's been a dream of mine dream of John's, I think for yeah. ever. Well, once so, I learned that could be done, uh, I went to PHP Tech in 2010, fell in love with the conference and the people running it. And then two years later, they sold to another group of individuals. Uh, they they were called themselves the Musketeers. And, and I was like, wait, you can buy the company? Like, that just works? <laughs> it just it baffled my mind. You know, and 10 years later, we were doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what was, um, what was, what was PHP architect? Is it, was it just a magazine or, um, you guys have the whole brand name and everything too now. We, so. we do now. Yes. Uh, it started back in the early two thousands. Uh, I think they'd started as just the magazine. They mm-hmm. never incorporated PHP architect. It was just a brand uh, and individual businesses were doing business as that brand. Uh, originally, it was the Blue Parabola Group, and they basically did similar to what Diego Dev Group did, right? They they did coding, but then PHP Architect was the magazine, and eventually they started the uh, the conference up, and they also did the training pieces. So they started it way back then. Uh, they were located in Canada. So the first PHP architect or PHP tech, I believe was in Canada. And I forget how many were there until they moved before they moved it to Chicago. And I then, know that. Yep. We're at in Chicago was the uh, conference, by the way. Right outside the O'Hare airport. Oh, you're okay. talking about this year when we did it. Yeah. 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 yeah it was at the Sheraton O'Hare the reason okay, that's where it was in 2010 when I went and I, I love that venue just because it was all self-contained. There's mm-hmm. a huge atrium where you could just sit and uh, talk with people. You have lunch there. All of the meetings rooms were right off the atrium. So you easily find where you were going. If you needed a break, you're, and you were staying at the hotel, your room was right above you. So you just, jump in an elevator, go take some time, especially back then where 
I mean, I still to this day am introverted to a point where after after talking to people for so long, it's like I just need to get away. Yeah. So being able to go upstairs, sit in my room for, you know, 20, 30 minutes before going back down was great. So anyway, we, we took it back there. You get to the simple flight into O'Hare. Uh, it's a major hub. So a lot of direct flights go there. And then you wait for a shuttle, free shuttle over to the, to the hotel. You're done. You don't have to worry about renting a car. You don't have to worry about, uh, Ubers if you don't want to. Granted, there's not a ton to do right around the venue. Uh, so there used to be a bar caddy corner across the street. So oftentimes people would go over there and just hang out and, you know, talk and drink and have fun. Sure. But the other thing is the, the shuttle, the hotel shuttle, uh, runs to the airport every 15 minutes. And that's where if you, if you're really interested and you want to get downtown to downtown Chicago, where all the touristy things are, you can take the shuttle back to the airport, jump on the train. So there's a, for $5. Know, it's not, yeah. It's not like, it's not a subway. I don't think they call it a subway there. I think they just call it like an L train or a race train. Yeah. L train or something. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And that you sounds just, right. that, that will pretty much run you anywhere you want to go in Chicago. It's really nice, really convenient. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, we used to live in, in Gurney and, and, uh, Waukegan. So, um, which is sort of outskirts of the city. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember if it's, I don't know. It's right along the, uh, the lake. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we spent a lot of time in downtown Chicago and, um, I've flown out of O'Hare a few times. Yeah. Um, I do fly I, once in a while. But. <laughs> I, I was falling in love with that place. Uh, I, I've been to Chicago a few times, uh, a few techs. Uh, there was a Laracon that was out that way as well. But mm. I never really did a lot, a lot of exploring around the city. Uh, but this this time, um, the, the current wife came with me. Uh, and we did a <laughs> bunch of touristy things. And then uh, she had some friends who lived there who we met for dinner. And it was, I, I, I told her when we were leaving, I'm like, this is like a movie set. Like it, it was so like the, the neighborhood and everything was like so perfect. And they had these lights strung up everywhere. It, it was really nice. I, I was really enjoying my, my stay there this time. So I gotta, I gotta ask why, why do you say current wife? Are you, are you getting another one or is this like, well, she is my, she's my current wife. She's the wife I'm currently married to. So that's, <laughs> do you, you know, as plan opposed on getting to my first wife one? who, you know, my first wife who I married out of, out of school, that would be the same person. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, need... have, I have, I have, I have, I have three variations. I say I either I I'll either refer to, and I, I I'm some I'm somewhat of a troll when talking to people. I don't know why. I just I believe have it. this inner humor, and this joke has <laughs> has expanded enough where everybody appreciates it in the family. But nice. like depending on who I'm talking to, I, I'll either refer to her as my first wife or my wife at the time. And then my current <laughs> wife. So it's all a matter of where it's That's at in hilarious. the timeline of the world. Nice. <laughs> well, I only have one, so it's it's uh, once in future wife. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like I miss out with all these people who get married multiple times. So I, you know, I want, I want to be able to refer to. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure you're, you're not missing anything. <laughs> it's it's fun that she goes along with it too. So she signs up for Discord and she becomes Eric's current wife. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious! Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I saw her in Discord um, the other day when I was trolling you guys. Um, I wasn't sure, uh, John, how uh, how you were taking that, so <laughs> I had to make sure you knew I was kidding. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I completely forgot what you, what you were trolling me about. Oh, I, I, I think I, what did I say? I said something while you guys were streaming. Um, I don't even remember what the hell it was. Honestly, I made some joke and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know now. Shit. I, I remember you reaching out to me like that, and I, I don't remember either. Yeah, I don't know. I was just, I was just trolling, just having a little fun. Yeah. <laughs> It's all um, good. Yeah. But yeah, so um you guys have been working together for what? 11 years, 12 years, 15 years, 20? How you said 2012? Yeah, so coming up on 11 years. So what's the um like okay, so you started you started your company um and I mean I guess John, you probably handled most of like finding the clients at first or how how did that work out? No, it's it's all grown organically. Uh, we both work together. Eric and I both have a mind for the business. Like we care together about the business. Uh, it wasn't one or the other. We both love the coding part. We both mm-hmm. love like the idea of working together and, and the business growing. Just different aspects of it. Eric has a ton of ideas on things to do. I have ideas on like building the client relationships, uh, mm. the the uh, business side of it. And we just work together on it. Uh, our biggest contract we have now kind of came about, again, because of community and us being there for the community. Mm-hmm. Literally sat down with somebody to help them get XDebug running on their machine. And just spent the time with him. He appreciated it so much. He took us to his client and said, these guys are really good. You need to talk to them. You know, oh, if, that's awesome. 10, 10 years later, we're still working with that client. And they they love wow. us and our work. And it's been great. I think so, that's actually some of the more foundational things that have made working together easy i mean it's not it hasn't always been easy you know john and i have not always seen eye to eye on everything but in general some of the foundational uh beliefs are or approaches we have have been very community driven very we didn't we never had this goal of each of us wanting to have a lamborghini right we Mm. wanted to make enough money at least as much money as we would have made working for somebody and ideally a little more. And we are okay, like spreading the wealth. Uh, so we, we don't try to like, like under, you know, under appreciate the people who work for us and, and try to not give them the salary they, they deserve. We actually give, give probably for a while we gave to a hurt. <laughs> like yeah. we've had those yeah. conversations several times. Yeah. 
I was like, yeah, you know, we can we can do this. We can do another year, you know, giving everybody a little bit of a bump. And but but that's what makes this so good. It's like we it's really I, I don't want to say family. I hate when people say, you know, it's a family because it's not right. It's not a family. Sure. And one of the hardest things I had to come to grips with is that our employees don't have the same investment in the company as John and I have. Like to me yeah, yeah. today, PHP architect before Diego dev was everything, everything I did. I thought about how it would impact the company, how I could grow the company and that that's not fair to have that expectation on people you're paying to work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, that was you... really tough for me. You did have that expectation for a long time. You, mm-hmm. you, it, you, you were hurt when people didn't feel the same way that you and I felt about it. Yeah, and, and I, I was, I genuinely felt kind of jilted. What do you say? Uh, jilted. Jilted. Yeah, when the first couple of people quit the company mm-hmm. and work, went to work for somebody else, sure. I was just like, "This is bullshit!" Like, what the, f- you know, what the fuck right. here? And I was really hurt. And I think it was it was the last one that really kind of put me over that edge where I realized, listen, this isn't this is going to be for them what it is to us. And I have to understand that. Yeah, I mean, I would think that that's probably one of the hardest things about um, running any kind of company when you have. And I mean, I think it's more so when you run a company that is smaller. Because you deal more directly with the people. Obviously, you know, these giant companies don't give to, I mean, some of them don't give, you know, two shits about their employees or, or, you know, that's the perception from the employee standpoint. But when you're working side by side with them, like there's, uh, it's much, much easier to care. And when you're, um, when like, this is your baby, you know, like, so yeah, you you care like super deeply about it, and um, it's probably hard, um, especially early on when you're you're still kind of learning the ropes and learning, uh, maybe learning how to run it. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. ha- trying to think how to how to put it, but um, you you just you care super deeply about it, and yeah, you want you want everyone to care. You, you want everyone to right. Well, like Eric said, when we started it and we brought people on, one, we brought on people we knew and we already liked. Mm -hmm. We paid a very fair wage, like Eric said, to a point where when it came time to giving raises, we had already given so much that giving more hurt us, but we did it anyway because we cared. Um, And by us caring so much about the people we brought on, we thought they would care as much about the business as we did. Mm-hmm. They may or may not have liked us as individuals just fine, but to them, it was a job. They were getting paid to do something. They did it. And then they, they moved on to whatever else, which right. makes perfect sense. But when you, when you put so much into somebody, you think they may have the same uh, interest in the business that you have. And it's just not the case. Most yeah. people, they work for their paycheck and they they clock out and they're done. Like Eric mm-hmm. said, we never clock out. It's we have to, we make decisions, and 
we have to think about how it affects the business and everybody in it. Right. And, and to, to John mentioned how we grew our clientele very organically, and we really grew our team organically for years. I mean, for for our first uh, half a dozen or so employees, we knew them all. Like we knew mm. them either from the community or from the user group. We had we had a lot of interaction with them. We didn't just like blindly uh, interview people and look to hire people. And I mean, we've done that a couple of times now, but for a very long time, you had to know us to work for us. And we had to know you mm. to, to, to work for us, um, which was really good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's important in, in just in general, I, I keep going back to community. I mean, it's just, it's more than work for us. It's a lifestyle. You know, it's, it's my, these are my friends. These are the people I hang out with when I'm not working. Uh, when I am working, these are the people I depend on to get work done, to help me find more clients. Uh, everything about um, what I do now is because of PHP and, and the people I've met through PHP and the communities I've kind of, connected with through it so yeah it's a big deal to me yeah um I, that, that makes a lot of sense um so you guys like how, how do you how do you generally like handle arguments or disagreements when you when you do have them eric just realized I, I just i'm always convince, right yeah i just try to convince john how wrong <laughs> he is and and i'm I, i'm the right one <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of those. Uh, I can't even really think of any big ones we've had. No, I, I think we compromise very well. There, there are things where you disagree with a decision I make and vice versa, but there's there's never any time where we're like, get into an argument about it. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's, yeah. it's talking about it and coming to a consensus. Yeah. That's that's yeah, pretty lame. Like I really was expecting a fist fight. Come on, <laughs> no. <laughs> Eric would kill me. <laughs> nah, <laughs> uh, I doubt that. Uh, uh, man, yeah, it's uh, it's been, and, and I tell you to this day, I it's so exciting to me. One of the biggest highs I get off of it is when I hear. Like employee, I, I don't want to call them employees. That's that sounds. I don't know why. I just want to say demeaning, but it's not what they are to, to us. I, I do acknowledge that they're they we they don't have the same level of interest in the company as I do, but I still don't look at them as employees. Anyways, the people who we work with, every time I hear one of them just like talk about buying a house or or buying a car and. And there's that little piece in my head. It's like, yeah, you know, they can do that because the stuff we've built, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're making a living. They're putting, they're sending their kids to school. They're making a living. They're paying their mortgage and paying their house because of the stuff we're building and we're building as a team. And, and this is, you know, I just love that. That That is my favorite thing about what we do is yeah. hearing that. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of like, validation that you guys are doing i'm not doing the lord's work but you know you're doing <laughs> you're doing a good thing 
uh for sure um shit i had another question what the hell was it um something to do with uh damn um oh yeah so like how do you handle how do you handle the money how do you like how do you divvy it up or how do you how do you guys how did you work it initially and how do you do it now yeah, I don't need to know. I don't need to know like dollar amounts. I'm just like kind of getting in. No, it, it's like everything. Everything's fifty fifty. We we are fifty fifty partners in the business. We, you know, we pay ourselves a living wage, and the rest of the money is in the business. It pays for things like PHP Tech or when we need new equipment or whatever the case may be. We, I mean, when they're when they're big ticket items like PHP Tech, a lot of stuff we do with PHP Tech. When they're big ticket items, we'll we'll talk it out with each other because mm-hmm. it is you know half of half my money, half of his money that's that's making these purchases. But in general, sure. in general, you know, we're it's we don't even it's not even something we need to we really think twice of it. We just kind of we do what we need to do to keep, you know, have the, keep the business moving. And every now and then one of us will kind of go off and buy t-shirts for the company or buy pins for the company. But for the most part, we don't have a lot of extravagant expenses that we need to worry about. So yeah, yeah. everything's just 50, 50. It's pretty good. And John, so, John handles all the books. So if anybody's going to jail, it's John. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main reason I was asking, like who's going to jail when, you know, the fraud. <laughs> 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 uh, no. So um, I don't know if I, I, th- I think I may have mentioned it to you, Eric, that I was kind of sort of starting something. Um, I, so I did this, this boot camp, this Elixir boot camp, and um, I wanted to, I wanted to work, you know, continue to work on projects as I look for work. Um, and I, you know, I kind of asked a few people in the, from the cohort, you know, if they were interested in working on projects and I didn't really get a strong response. Um, so then I, I asked a couple of people in the beta <clears throat> from the, from the beta that I did. And, um, and they were definitely interested. So there's four of us and we decided that we were going to basically build some small SAS projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just kind of, kind of see where it goes, you know, um, we haven't really, you know, there's no money involved yet. We're still, we're still working on our first project, but, um, so you know. the, the, the only advice and Eric and I actually met with a lawyer prior to starting Diego dev group mm-hmm. while it sucks, get things in writing, get a, get a formal contract in place of some sort. Um, okay. you don't want to, you don't want to just wing it per se. You don't want to just, right. Let's build something and see if it works because if it works now you're fighting over who did what and mm-hmm. like who gets what decide up front. Are you all equal partners? Is it 25% each or is, or is it one person's business with the other three as members of some sort, like getting a percentage of the pie, but not, it's not their business, right? It's, it's those types of things that you need to have in writing. You, 
decide who's going to make the decisions, who, how the business is going to run, have a, have a plan for if things fall apart. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm not saying we did it all right. Uh, when but, we did Diego. I, Go I do think that's one of the things we did do right. Like you said, we met with the lawyer. We kind of put together a structure. We didn't, and I realize a lot of people do this, and I'm not not shaming anybody who does, but we didn't like say, well, let's see how long we can make money without having to pay taxes or anything. We, you know, we formed a company, we paid the money, we, you know, paid taxes on the mm-hmm. company from the very beginning. Before we were even making money, we were paying taxes on a company yeah. that was not really making any money. And, and that's sure. a way to to make sure people are invested in the company itself is start a business bank account and everyone has to put in some amount of money. It doesn't have to be a large amount, but it has to be enough to pay whatever tax bill you have in California. It was minimal, but it was still just to have a business. Even if you make $0, you have to pay $800 in taxes. Mm. Um, so that was one thing that Eric and I did very early on. Like we're all, we're just going to put in some money into this account. It's going to pay the taxes Hopefully we make money so that, you know, we can recoup that. But if <laughs> right. we don't, at least we're, we're in at 50, 50 or whatever mm-hmm. percentage you're, you're at. Um, right. It also lets you realize, oh, you're, you're not really vested in this. If, if you're not going to put money into this bank account to help start the business, then you're not really that vested in its success mm. or failure. You're, you're only vested in the success part, right? You're hoping mm-hmm. that it turns out and turns into something, but it, you don't have any uh, skin in the game skin if it doesn't. Game. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What it's other? Uh, it's tough. Oh, go ahead. It's tough start starting a business because you're if you're doing it right. If mm-hmm. you're if you're starting a business to become your livelihood. Yeah, it's a scary thing, man. I mean, there were, I don't know about John, but for myself, I mean, the first five years, six years was, every year was just such a massive stress on, are we going to make enough money this year? What are we going to do? It still is. Yeah. I mean, it still very much is, but it's not like, the, there was a lot of unknowns like before, whereas well, the- now we kind of know what to expect. Well, the first year or two, we all we each had our own, uh, not contract. We we each had our own uh, job per se, and Diego Dev was the side hustle where we were trying to build it. And we'd have a small client here, a small client there, and but we kept working at it. We kept talking about how we're going to get to that next level. How are we going to do, you know, build this, and you know. We got our break, we found it, and then, you know, full steam ahead, all of a sudden, everything was Diego Dev Group. The the big new client that we got was obviously a Diego, Diego Dev Group client, but it allowed us to focus solely on that, bring our individual uh, jobs that we had and said, nope, you are now a client of Diego Dev Group, whether you like it or not. <clears throat> if you don't like it, then I guess you're not, I'm not going to do work for you anymore. Mm -hmm. So we, we kind of, 
hit this implosion point where everything became Diego Dev Group, which then became PHP Architect. Gotcha, gotcha. And we um, and we don't do PHP Architect as a DBA. We 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 incorporated PHP Architect as our primary company. It's our primary company. We're 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 still, I think, officially spinning down Diego Dev, but yeah. Uh, PHP Architect is our company. From there's no DBA or anything like that. It's a much better name. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that didn't it's, factor into the decision. It's pretty badass. I mean, that, that would have totally factored into my decision. <laughs> I'd have been like, "This name is the bomb. We're grabbing yeah. it. Go." Yep. Quick, buy the domain. <laughs> <laughs> and it was interesting because when we did take it over, um. So PHP Architect owns the brand for PHP Architect, uh, PHP Tech, PHP World. Owned a few brands, but didn't didn't run the conferences anymore. They had that Musketeers group that John mentioned, who had purchased uh, PHP Architect. They had actually split off into two companies. One that ran conferences, not just the PHP Architect conferences, but just conferences in general that was that was their business and then you had the publishing uh, side as well which is what you know uh, we all know as php architect is the and, and they own the they, they they retain the brand for everything but they had an agreement with this with this other company that was created to run the conferences so when we purchased php architect of course we purchased all their brands but then we had to figure out how we're going to run this conference. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you've, you've figured that part out at least for at least once. Anyway. Well, we did have the luxury of having run a conference back in 2018. So we ran PHP, uh, Wave PHP here in San Diego. So we had... Oh, I do remember. Yeah, we do we have some experience and. By all, by all statistics, all uh, measurements, Wave PHP. Okay, all except financially, Wave PHP was a huge success. <laughs> <laughs> except for the part that matters, um, right? <laughs> the the feedback was amazing. The people that attended absolutely loved it. Um, it was just bad timing, and again, being our first conference, we made some bad calls on on things and expensive you know, calls not yeah. bad just expensive calls expensive calls yeah it's only yeah. bad if you regret it john do you have regrets no <laughs> we we learned a lot then uh we turned that around and php tech ran so much smoother uh we learned again we learned a lot while doing it and php tech in 2024 is going to be smoother still and to the credit to the credit of the people who were here before us, Oscar, who ran the publishing company, and Eli, who ran the uh, entertainment company or, ho- or the conference, conference company. company, yeah, yeah, they have both just been there for us. Like anytime we had a question, uh, e- any help we needed, uh, either with the publishing side of it or the conference side of it, uh, they have both been very, very helpful. So it's not like we we purchased the company and then they 
they cut bait and ran, you know, they, mm. they're still very involved. Um, we talk to them on a fairly regular basis. Uh, it, I don't, I think tech would have been a very different story had we not had that help from them and a few other people in the community as well. Including, yeah. uh, a couple of people John works with who, uh, this one particular guy, Tim, uh, he has Tim been Lytle. working. Yeah. Tim Lytle. He'd been working with the previous owners at the conference. So he never worked with them or for them, but he, every conference he was involved with set up how, how the mics work, break down. And so he, he showed up for us this year. And again, it's community, man. I mean, we, yeah. we, we couldn't be who we are today without it. And if, if you're okay with us plugging Tim's, you know, for all, all the help he sure. gave us, he does his own podcast called the Dev Friday show. Oh, cool. And, it's it's a fun listen it's a it's a more polished podcast than anything that eric and i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm not big on the polished part I just, um, <laughs> i'm big on the wing it part um <laughs> i don't Nothing know wrong For, with winging it no and i mean every podcast has kind of its own flavor you know like yeah um i i obviously still listen to you guys all the time and um, there was such a huge backlog of stuff to listen to that um, I'd be at work and I just throw it on and, you know, like I could get through 12 hours. <laughs> oh, and, and I look back to find out. BHB ugly. <laughs> I, I look back to find out what your joke was, by the way. Mm. How often did you get woken up at work, mister? <laughs> <laughs> so he, this, this past episode, he said he loves putting the show on because it helps him go right to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it just means you guys are doing your job. No, um, I actually my my job can be can be weird sometimes. So I work um, overnight on the weekend, and um, yeah, I mean it, sometimes it's hard to stay awake, <laughs> no matter what you do. You know, Red Bull or. Uh, I tell you, we we've had a, f- a couple listeners power through our entire library. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, like I'm not going to listen to all those shows, those those old shows. <laughs> what's wrong with you guys? It's, it's kind of funny because the uh, the doom and gloom segments always kind of set a they're always a snapshot of whatever bullshit is happening at that you know, that year or whatever. So it's, it's kind of fun because you were like, Oh yeah, I remember when that happened or, yeah. you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's it just does help with the, with some of the, uh, some of the deeper cuts, some of the inside jokes, like the microwaves yeah. right. spying on you and things like that. But yeah. 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 Like, I don't I know. I wouldn't do it just, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I will say I, I didn't, I never ra- really ran into any episodes of yours that I skipped. Um, I've listened to, uh, a few podcasts, including, uh, 30, uh, 37 signals, um, uh, whatever they call their podcast now. Um, and, uh, there's, there's been some episodes that I'm just like, yeah, skipping. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So it's, that's how uh, I am with your podcast. Oh, another lecture talk. Yeah. Skipping. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you go through a boot camp you suddenly have a plethora of people to, uh, to talk to that, but you know, they're all kind of based around the same technology. So, uh, 
just give um, me a hard time, man. You do you do what what uh what makes you happy, man. What pays the bills too? <laughs> well, it doesn't pay the bills yet, but hopefully, um, yeah, you know. So this this thing I'm doing is is definitely going to be on the side. Um, I'm still looking for a job, um, but you know, uh, I have to stay busy and I have to keep working on stuff. And I just as much as and I and I probably would work on open source if I found something to work on. You know that interested me, but I I would rather would rather build some products that you know, even if they don't make a bunch of money, at least I made something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys ever? Oh, go ahead. I was gonna I was gonna ask what drew you to Elixir. Um, so in in twenty twenty one, so I I spent like. Uh, too long trying to learn how to program. Um, and I, you know, I went through a few bouts of burnout and just trying to, you know, I was just bored and looking for something different other than object oriented programming languages at the time. Um, I think I might've been laid off at that point too. So it was just kind of like a, you know, kind of a big slump. Um, and I, I think I'd, I'd heard about Erlang and then, um, you know, the, the whole idea behind the beam and it being, you know, very concurrent and you can run a bunch of shit, you know, at one time, um, just that kind of appealed to me. And then I, you know, I found out that there were other languages that ran on that virtual, that 30 year old virtual machine. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll try this out. Um, and then, you know, bored at work, listening to podcasts, started listening to Elixir Newbie podcast and uh, decided to try to get the host on, um, on my podcast. And that sort of, you know, one thing led to another, he was um, putting together the boot camp for dockyard and um, that, so that led me getting into the beta and working on that. And then, um, I got uh, I got picked to be one of the the first people in the first cohort. So, um, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a fun language. It's very Ruby esque. So I think a lot of the uh, well, the founder he was he was um, very active in the Ruby community for a long time um, mm-hmm. before he you know wrote his language. And then um, same with I guess same with a lot of them. Well, you know a lot of them are are pretty Ruby ruby heavy that you know they've worked in ruby or around it um and so yeah it, it looks a lot like ruby um definitely some some differences um, between the object oriented and the functional programming but yeah it's it's a lot of fun it's a fun language gotcha interesting i've never looked at it <laughs> not interested thank you very much i mean you guys basically are working on the the thing that powers the internet right so I mean, outside of JavaScript, I guess. But yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> what we like to think. We like to believe anyway. If I had to <laughs> choose between JavaScript and PHP, it would be PHP all day and twice on Sunday. There you <laughs> go. I just <laughs> I don't know. I'm watching what's what what's coming out of JavaScript lately, and they are moving in a more. Uh, they're moving more towards this, the, the kind of code I write where mm. 
I come from the JavaScript days of jQuery and just, mm. you know, making things work. Right. They, they are formalizing a lot of the way they do things, their build process, the, their unit testing. There's so much coming out of it now. And as long as you have a good grasp of the event loop, mm-hmm. where everything seems like it's uh, working in parallel, it's really not. That things work in a very predefined way. It's not that hard to get your head wrapped around. With that said, I still don't want to do it. <laughs> I can, <laughs> but I don't want to. He's like, it's it's better than it was, but nah. <laughs> It's better if you have people that do it. Uh, right, right. Better to better let somebody else do that. Uh, do you guys have to touch JavaScript much on your in your jobs? I don't. Uh, less less your business, me. I should say. Yeah, li- Livewire. Livewire has been my my savior. Uh, not for not having to touch too much JavaScript. We also don't do a do lot have of front end stuff. Yeah, mm. that helps too. Yeah, stick to the back end <laughs> APIs. But, yeah, the, the teams, the, the team I work on, uh, that client has basically their own dev team and I am I get to be part of it. They have dedicated front-end people that that's all they care about. So mm. the front-end and back-end team come together, agree on a contract for an API, and the rest is history. Mm. It's like I can focus on back-end work they can focus on the front end and don't have to cross yeah, those honestly, boundaries. If you want to do it right, that's how you do it. Like a full stack developer, every time I hear that, mm. I just hear somebody saying, I'm not really good at anything, so I kind of do it all <laughs> equally as bad. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, Eric reads, I suck at programming all of it. <laughs> just across the board so yeah I can... you're a full stack oh no you you mean you suck <laughs> uh have, have you guys ever thought about like building your own um products or projects i don't know you know if you've done any of that or you were paid to ask that question weren't you god damn it no <laughs> not why <laughs> Yes. No, but yes. just, you know, coming from the, the point of view of that's what I'm going to be doing, I'm just curious if, um, you know. Oh, yeah. We've gone down that road a couple times. We invested a, a couple times as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Invested, meaning? I mean, we, we paid to vote. So the, the bigger product that we Wait, finally did, went to market with. Was, did you pay someone else to build your shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. A, a, yeah. Good, a good chunk of it. So confused, um, but but yeah, no, it was it was a product idea that we had. A client actually needed. We 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 saw a need for it with a client, and we're like, well, let's build instead of like building this one little piece for this client. Let's build something that we can use with the client, but then other people can use as well. It was it was just a a cron monitoring uh, solution that we we had and. We architected it and did some coding and paid some developers to, you know, do some coding and went to market and released it. And the client we we had envisioned using it loved it, yeah. <laughs> and was the only one that used it. No, um, we had we did have we had two paying customers too. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when when your servers cost more than the income you get, there's a problem. Yeah, that's fair. What was the what, what did you say the product was? Argus. It was called Argus. 
It was cron cron monitoring. What is yeah. what is that? I'm not sure what that is. What what is cron? Yeah, uh, a cron job is cron on Linux runs a command on a predetermined schedule. So I want this script oh. to run every minute, or I want this to run. I want to run a backup on the first of every month or every Friday. So you have these scripts that run on a recurring basis. We mm-hmm. wanted a monitoring solution so you know, oh, at 1 a.m., my billing kicked off and I was charging people and it finished properly. So we were okay. we were monitoring the start and stop of your cron. Mm-hmm. You told us, hey, this is supposed to run once every 24 hours. If we didn't get a ping within 24 hours to say it started, we could alert you and say, hey, this hasn't started. If mm. if you told us this cron job should only take five minutes to run and we don't get that end ping for 10 minutes, we could ping you and say, hey, you may want to check this. Your your script might have crashed because in general, it just starts up. And if it, you know, seg faults or has any sort of error and you don't aren't able to catch that and alert yourself, mm-hmm. this was this was more of a proactive, hey. You might want to go look into this. Something might be wrong. Ah, uh, okay. Nice. Yeah. I, I had high hopes for it. I mean, I, th- I thought it was something good. It, of course, mm-hmm. as soon as we release it, a couple of other people release similar <laughs> similar <laughs> services. And then, of course, our sponsor at the time has a similar service as well, which was o- kind of awkward for a little while. <laughs> hey, just because somebody else makes it doesn't mean you can't have, you know, I still like what we made. I, yeah. I think we made something really good. I mean, we probably over-engineered it. That's probably what we did. But <laughs> it did one thing it. and it did it well versus it being mm-hmm. one of many. But right, we, right. we're always looking for that next, what do we build and how do we make it? We would love to have a, a SaaS of some sort. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of, one, building it isn't the hard part. It's the marketing Go to mm-hmm. go to market strategy. How do you get people to actually know about it? Right. That's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely the difficult part. Um, I've I've given that a lot of thought. Um, I've sort I've had this this idea for this product on the. Uh, it's been on the the burner for several years now, and um, just now getting around to making it. <laughs> I I tried a couple times. Um. You know, just when I was learning like um, Kotlin and, you know, building it on Android. But, um, but yeah, um, so it's getting built in Elixir first and then we'll figure out some kind of Android. It doesn't really need a heavy Android or really it doesn't need a heavy phone presence. Um, it's a, uh, it's a reminder app for streaming, not, not streaming services, but like reoccurring um, like, you know, kind of, well, the, the idea came from, so I sign up for free trials of shit mm-hmm. and then I forget to cancel them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also sometimes I'll, you know, I forget when I've got bills coming out or, or, uh, things like that. So, um, I, you know, I figured I'd build an app that would scratch my own itch, which would be, you know, give me a, a text notification when I, you know, I've got a bill coming up, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a few days before or something like that. Um, so 
so that's that's kind of like the gist of the idea but um we've got some other kind of things we want to do with it but i was gonna say first you, we, you're gonna be mad when you realize that it already exists <laughs> uh, no 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 because i know it does i mean there's already there's already versions and there's a lot of apps that do like similar things but are yeah. they do a lot more than just you know nag you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's it's whatever like you're never going to find a product idea that doesn't for something that does not exist in any right. form. Like you're generally going to, you know, it's going to either exist or it's, you know, already been built or being built. So it doesn't matter. Right. Um, ideas are, are plentiful. <laughs> it's all about implementation and marketing, of course. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But so you guys, um, you're, you're going to find another, uh, another idea and, Oh, yeah, we've got one we're going to work on next. Uh, it's this app around reminding you of bills that are coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, so do you guys have anything you want to pimp? Um, before we get off of here, that's what the whole podcast was, wasn't it? It was pretty P- much PHP yeah. Architect Magazine, PHP Tech, uh, 2024 coming up. Uh, we're always we're, we're always looking for writers uh, for PHP that. Architect. If you uh, if you're interested, we uh, to write a feature article for us. We pay to write. Uh, all the information's on our website, but you can also reach out to John and I. We're very helpful with helping you get your ideas to print. And I will get, in, go ahead. I was gonna say, and you will get a print version of the magazine, so you can proudly display that you were a published author. Yep. Cannot believe there's still a print magazine out there. Absolutely. I mean, I guess there's a few. Should have come to PHP Tech, and you could have got your very own for free. Oh man! <laughs> well, Damn it! For no, free 20... for the cost of a ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a and a ten to eleven hour drive. It sounds like. Yeah, 10 to, 11, 10 to 11 hour. I probably would drive. Uh, I have dogs. I can't leave them here. Uh, although I guess I could sit them somewhere, but I don't know. Mm. I'm always leery about leaving them somewhere. I hear horror, horror stories about, you know, those dog places that babysit your animals and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, all right, cool. Um, so I guess uh, I you guys can send me links to all your all your crap and I'll put them in the show notes. Well, so, sounds good. Sounds awesome. All right. Thanks a, guy, thanks a lot for, for coming crap, on, though. <laughs> 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 thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thanks for talking to you. Guys. Great talking to you again. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, thanks a bunch. You've been listening to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Citizen Coder Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with Eric or John to learn more about their work, conferences, or podcasts, check out their links in the show notes. If you like what I'm doing and you want to sponsor the show, you can reach out to me at info at citizencodercast.com or message me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Thanks for listening, and as always, I'll see you next time.